are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. Talking some BYU football comments from Kalani Sitake about what he wants to see this offseason from his coaching staff in particular. We continue our rundown of the all-decade team in BYU football, highlighting a BYU wide receiver that won't soon be forgotten by BYU faithful and also catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news and transfer portal news we need to catch up on as well. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get it started. This is Locked On Cougars for January 28th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Katz, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download Locked On Cougars. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day. And please follow along whichever podcast you prefer to listen on. We're available everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Catch up on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. And also make sure to give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help get the word out about the podcast when you guys interact with it on your podcatcher of choice. Those five-star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold. Let's kick things off today talking some BYU football. Kalani Sitake was on the Zone Sports Network with DJ and PK in the morning, the show I produce on a daily basis on 97.5 FM and 1280 AM here along the Wasatch Front. Uh, this was probably two weeks ago now, but wanted to get to some of the audio. I think is it's still relevant in some of the comments that he made in that interview. Obviously, this time of year, the BYU coaching staff isn't able to have direct contact with their athletes until spring ball begins. Their athletes are going through what they call the winter conditioning or winter workout phase of their program. The strength coaches, New Tafisi and his staff, working extensively with the BYU student-athletes, the BYU football program, getting them stronger bigger, faster ahead of the 2020 season. But this time of year is a lot of time for BYU football coaches, in addition to all of their recruiting responsibilities, also to look inwards and figure out what they're trying to improve as they go into the fifth year of Kalani Sitake's tenure. He spoke with David James and Patrick Kinahan, and he uh, one overarching theme of Kalani Sitake's tenure at BYU has been their inability to be consistent. Uh, Darnell Dixon did a great piece on this in his Inside Darnell's Head for the Daily Herald. You can go to heraldextra.com and read up on that if you want, or just pull out your Daily Herald from yesterday. And uh, Darnell talked about the fact that consistency, it's been a hallmark, just the lack of it during Kalani Sitake's tenure and what it ultimately will take to get BYU to that level. Well, Kalani Sitake addressed that and said it's one of his chief concerns this offseason is achieving a more consistent game-in, game-out effort from his team and a more consistent effort from himself and his coaching staff as well. The natural thing is after a season to evaluate the entire year of 2019 and my job is to try to figure out a way that we can have a lot of consistency as a team and uh, we lack that and that's my number one responsibility this offseason and you know going into this offseason is going to be different. I don't I don't believe in just um, staying status quo and, and, and uh, 
and, and hoping for the, for better things to happen. I believe you got to get to work, and you know this off season we're doing things different than we did uh, the, the previous four. You know, so just looking forward to our guys playing. I think it helps out having um, some return uh, experience, uh, returning players, and having guys that are. Uh, I think it helps having the two guys come back and, and not into the league. But more than anything, it's, it's a finding a way to develop our leadership and and getting our team to execute at a higher level. And that's that's uh, been goal number one is for us to find ways to have more success in 2020. Kalani wants more success in 2020. I think anybody who's got half a brain understands that that's the overarching goal for the BYU football program is to enjoy more success. I'm convinced that the 2019 version of the BYU Cougars is better than the 2018 version of the BYU Cougars, but they still have the same record, 7-6 and six overall. What will it take for BYU to avoid losing games like Toledo, South Florida, and Hawaii going into 2020? I think it's going to take a concerted effort from Kalani Sitake to look at himself as well as his coaching staff and evaluate, okay, what have been some of the failings we've had? One big failing is head-scratching play calls. That third and two call against Hawaii, why would you call that play there? He needs to go to his offensive coaching staff, the brain trust of Jeff Grimes, Aaron Roderick, and the rest of the BYU offensive coaches and say, what was the thinking there? Why weren't we taking advantage of the fact that our offensive line and our running backs late in that game were averaging a shade under 10 yards per carry? Why did we not run the ball? Why did we get too cute? I think it's a similar storyline with the with the San Francisco 49ers this week. Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, well, he was the architect of the Atlanta Falcons offense that gave up a 28-3 lead and lost the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. It's been one of the big storylines going into this game. Can he get redemption after that failing in the Super Bowl, in Super Bowl 51? Well, I think Kalani Sitake and his staff to a lower level because the Super Bowl and BYU football are different levels of football, but they still have very similar concerns there. Now, Kalani Sitake, obviously BYU fans have been very vocal about their hope to see staff changes amongst the coaches at BYU. Well, Kalani Sitake addressed that as well with DJ and PK, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, you know, we've had um, we've had a lot of, uh, I guess there's been a lot of interest in a lot of our guys, and, and we've had guys that have decided this is where they want to be and that's always going to happen with with the mid-year of signing date uh, the jobs and and everything has kind of um gone later into to january and even into february with a lot of um with a lot of the coaching hires and so i want our guys to to perform well and i want them to have opportunities we have a lot of guys that i believe if you're going to be a coach you should want to be you know at the top of the game and then that's someday becoming a, a head coach and having those opportunities and then uh, sometimes you have to make some decisions to get there so i want to really help our, our coaches find ways to, to get opportunities and then take advantage of all their opportunities. And, and I'm going to be one that's, that's going to be really, you know, um, pushing for them to try to get their dreams. And, and I believe uh, for the most part, our guys are, are pretty much set. And, and looking at the, the titles and the responsibilities, we've, we've already made some uh, adjustments in our responsibilities and things that we're going to get done. But uh, I don't think it's uh, Really, anything to go out there and advertise right now. I think we're gonna we have some things that that, are, that are, we've done within the program that's gonna help our our team uh, function well on offense, defense, and special teams. That's all well and good that Kalani Sitake say that staff changes have already taken place, responsibilities have been reassigned, etc. But what are they? I know Jaron Jordan, Jerem Jordan, not Jaron, Jerem Jordan uh, talked about this on BYU Sports Nation using some of this same audio on BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio recently, and. 
I completely echo what Jerem is saying. Kalani Satake needs to come out and explain exactly what is going on with his staff, who's doing what, etc. Am I holding my breath that he's going to do it? No, I'm not, because I've known Kalani for quite some time now, and I expect that he'll just keep that under wraps. And it's 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 within his right to do so, but I think he's doing himself and his staff a disservice by not specifying who is doing what, because blame or the responsibility for a game plan, etc., that blame gets spread around to multiple members of the staff, regardless of if they are actually responsible for that side of the football or that responsibility or whatever's under their purview as a coach. So here's this situation. I just feel like BYU and Kalani Sitake, he may be putting some of his coaches in a bad spot by saying they're doing this responsibility, even if that's still not their new responsibility with what he's explained about staff changes. Like I said, am I holding my breath that he'll come out and lay out, okay, Kalani Satake is doing this. Ed Lamb is doing that. Elisa Tuiaki is doing this. Aaron Roderick's doing that. Steve Clark's doing this. Do I expect him to delineate each guy individually and specify what their new responsibilities are? Or do I, do I expect that to ever happen? No, because it sounds like Kalani Satake is not willing to disclose that. But I do think that he is giving his... Um, giving his staff, he's putting them in a bad spot in certain circumstances by not doing that. And hopefully that makes sense. And we'll see. Maybe he, he'll surprise me and decide he's going to change his mind in terms of talking about it, but I'm not holding my breath. And we'll get to more of this audio as the coming days play out because there's plenty of stuff that Kalani Satake talked about this interview that carry us, that will carry us through the offseason here as we get ready for spring ball in just over a month's time. It's supposed to start in early March. We've got plenty to discuss in the lead up to that, but Kalani Satake had a lot of good comments and we'll get to those as things roll on here. Alright, coming up here in a minute, we're going to stay with the BYU football theme. We're going to continue with our all-decade honorees on our all-decade football team. We're going to talk about a BYU wide receiver who... I hope hasn't faded from BYU's fans' minds, but the record books at BYU will never forget his name, at least in the near term. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, when you guys are out and about driving around, if you're like me, you commute to work or you got downtime at your house, you're working on a honey-do list, doing some chores around the house, you guys can listen to this podcast and be caught up on all the BYU news you need to know each and every day real easily and real quickly, and you don't even have to lift a finger to do it. What you have to do is tell your smart device, your smartphone, a lot of us plug in our smartphones and listen to things on our way to work, etc., on our commutes, or just driving around town. And also at home, we listen to our speakers, our smart speakers. Well, guess what? They'll listen to you, and all you got to do is tell them, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that you'll always stay up to date with all of the BYU news you need to know each and every day. We are your one-stop shop, your daily podcast focused on BYU, always keeping you in the loop when it comes to the BYU football, basketball, BYU and football and basketball programs in addition to the rest of BYU sports. But I want to remind you guys, make sure to stay up to date and tell your smart device, smartphone, smart speaker, play podcast, Locked On Cougars, and be the smartest BYU fan in the room. All right, guys, as we continue to roll out our all-decade football team for the BYU football program from the 2010s, the 2010 through 2019 seasons, we've been evaluating players who have stood out in a BYU uniform. We're going to go back to the early part of the decade to what is the statistically the greatest BYU wide receiver in program history, and that is Cody Hoffman from Crescent City, California, Del Norte High School, way up there in the northern part of Northern California. Cody Hoffman came to BYU 
as a guy who didn't necessarily have a ton of accolades, had all the size in the world, listed at six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds in his BYU bio, probably weighed 180, 190 pounds when he came out of high school, but was a relative unknown coming to BYU, but ultimately rolled out what became one of the greatest careers in a BYU uniform. Uh, his career totals uh 260 receptions, excuse me, 3,612 yards and 33 touchdowns. Well, that's pretty dang good. But when you also add in the fact that he also added kickoff return yards, a total of 1,331 yards during that, along with one uh, touchdown on kickoff returns, 69 yards on punt returns. He is also the all-purpose yardage leader in BYU football history. And I don't think that we could have this list and not talk about the fact that well, Cody Hoffman is one of the greatest players in BYU history. He's the all-time leading in receiving yards, like I said, with a 3,600-plus. 33 receiving TDs is the top in BYU history. And those all-purpose yards, he's the greatest in BYU history. There's one thing about Cody Hoffman that I will never forget. I was sitting in the stands at Notre Dame when BYU went there, when Notre Dame was undefeated. Of course, the Manti Teo season, etc. Notre Dame making that run to the BCS National Championship game. And BYU had Notre Dame right where they wanted him. And Riley Nelson threw a pass when Cody Hoffman had broken free and was running wide open down the field. And I had a perfect angle on it because I was in that end zone, the reverse side of the end zone, watching Cody Hoffman break free, and he was coming right at us in the end zone. And I was surrounded by Notre Dame fans who saw exactly what I saw as Cody Hoffman broke free. And the inability for Riley Nelson to hit that pass will forever stick with me because that was a moment I was like, Oh my gosh, BYU has a chance here, and that pass just, uh, yeah, it still tears me up a little bit inside because it was just that moment there. BYU could have really had a, a win for the ages, staring them in the face, had Riley Nelson connected on that pass with Cody Hoffman and upset with the then undefeated uh, fight in Irish. They actually ultimately stayed undefeated until they went to the BCF, BCS title game that year, and I, I get that that's one bad mark, and it's more on uh, Riley Nelson because the pass was a pretty awful pass, let's be real. But Cody Hoffman, one of the greatest in a BYU uniform. I enjoyed watching him play. He's been a stalwart ambassador of what BYU can do for a student-athlete, a guy who is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, I think he's forever grateful to BYU for giving him his opportunity. He spent time in the NFL as well as the Canadian Football League after his time at BYU. And I think that Cody Hoffman is just one of the feel-good stories from BYU football in the recent past. Uh, a guy who came in here, like I said, Del Norte High School, it's way off the beaten path in terms of recruiting hotbeds. I believe in um, in Crescent City, the biggest uh the biggest employer out there is the state prison in that area. And so it's just not a big area. He was a standout athlete in high school, but let's be real. A lot of guys who come from smaller areas are standout athletes who don't make it at the next level. And that's a credit to Cody Hoffman because he came in and he wasn't necessarily a smashing success overnight. He had 527 yards on 42 receptions as a freshman in 2010. Uh, Followed that up with 943. His best season in BYU uniform came in 2012 with 1,248 receptions on uh, receiving yards on 100 receptions before having uh, 57 receptions for 894 yards his senior year. So he didn't necessarily 
blow up as a freshman. He didn't have a bad campaign either. But the biggest thing about him is you saw him improve each and every year in a BYU uniform. Not blessed with blazing speed, but speed enough to get open against top-level athletes. Had great size. Like, like I said, six foot four. You can't teach height in football. It's something you just you're born with or you're not. Genetics play a role in your preternatural disposition to be an elite football player, but I will give credit to Cody Hoffman for coming into BYU and leaving his marks on the BYU record book that I don't think are going to be broken in the near term. I don't see anybody on the roster for BYU that is going to challenge that. BYU's leading receiver the past three seasons has been Matt Bushman. In comparison, Matt Bushman has gone 500 yards, 500 yards, 600 yards. Okay, well, that's great, but Cody Hoffman had 500 yards as a freshman and never dipped back below 800 yards and barely dipped below 900 yards in his, the rest of his BYU career. So, like I said, Cody Hoffman, an all-time legend in a BYU uniform. He's been a great ambassador for the university since leaving uh, BYU. And he's still around here locally, I think, quite often, visiting BYU, etc. And I hope to see him continue to be loved by BYU fans. I hope his memory and what he did in a BYU uniform isn't essentially lost to the annals of history uh, in the in the future because what he did will forever stay in the BYU record books. We've talked about guys like Jamal Williams already on this all-decade team. We've talked about Daniel Sorensen and Fred Warner, all guys who have left their mark and are now in the NFL. And the fact that Cody Hoffman didn't necessarily blow up in the NFL should not belittle the fact that he was one of the all-time greats in a BYU uniform. He eclipsed Austin Colley's records, and I know that Austin Colley could have set another record or two had he stayed at BYU, but you don't break what I think is the greatest BYU wide receiver in BYU history and Austin Colley's records for nothing. So Cody Hoffman, a well-deserving candidate and honoree on the Locked On Cougars All-Decade team for the BYU football program. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about BYU football, some transfer portal news we need to talk about here in just a minute, as well as catching up with the BYU rugby team. A big-time weekend for them down there in Texas. We'll talk about all of that next. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys, when you guys are listening to this podcast, I want to make another plea for you to give us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider you're listening to this podcast on. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, make sure to hit that follow and subscribe button, but more importantly, Importantly, that uh, rating and review feature, especially on Apple Podcasts, it helps us find BYU fans and conversely helps BYU fans find this podcast. I know thousands of you guys have already found the show. I thank you guys in advance already for having listened to this podcast for what, the year and a half we've been doing it at this point. It's been an awesome, awesome opportunity to do it. We're over 400 episodes in, in its history, and we're not stopping anytime soon. But I would need your guys' help. Give us that favorable rating and review. Those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help us find BYU fans who are looking for high-quality BYU podcasts like this one. But also, conversely, when you guys do that, it helps Apple go out and find those BYU fans and say, hey, you may want to listen to this podcast. So I want to encourage you guys, give us a favorable and rating and review. It doesn't take but a moment. Just leave us a sentence or two on what you think about the show. And it really does help us build this audience and continue to build the BYU brand through Locked On Cougars. 
All right, guys, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, we wanted to catch up on some transfer portal news with regards to a BYU student athlete who is seeking to leave BYU, and that is Joe Critchlow. He's entered the NCAA transfer portal as we broke here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We aim to be your one-stop shop, like I said, for all the insider information that you can't find anywhere else as well on this podcast. But Joe Critchlow is going to have two years of eligibility remaining on his college eligibility clock once he graduates from the Marriott School of Management down there at BYU coming up this April. I've been talking to some people around Joe just trying to get a feel of what he's going to do and there's no hard and fast plan of when he's going to commit to a program and move on and uh, and go go to wherever he's going to end up and he hasn't necessarily specified where he'd like to end up at either the FBS level or the FCS level but I can tell you this much in talking with some people we'll hashtag sources he has actually had interest from Weber State locally. Uh, Weber State obviously finished number three in the country this past season in the FCS ranks, the football championship subdivision ranks, which is one level below BYU. And I would venture to say that Jay Hill's program with the Wildcats is better than some of the FBS programs who are among the bottom feeders of the FBS ranks. And this is a program, speaking of Weber State, that Jay Hill has done an incredible job building from the ground up. He went in there when it was an absolute dumpster fire and he has transformed it into one of the elite programs and is just a self-feeding machine. The one thing, however, though, that has kind of held Weber State back has been their inability to have a difference maker at quarterback. Jake Constantine, their starter for the last two seasons, has been a solid, albeit, albeit unspectacular option at quarterback and he recently entered the NCAA transfer portal and will be moving on with his football career at some at some other place, it sounds like. It seems like a natural fit for a kid like Joe Critchlow, who, by the way, his dad played quarterback, uh, David Critchlow, his father, played quarterback at Weber State, if you didn't know that, to move north a couple of hours or an hour and a half and play for the Wildcats. Does Joe Critchlow want to play at the FCS level? That I don't know, but sources indicate that there is interest on the behalf of Weber State and also Joe Critchlow to a degree in looking at what Weber State has to offer. He's going to visit Weber State, of course, meet with Jay Hill and his staff and get to know them a little bit better. But I think that Joe Critchlow, in terms of Weber State, that's not a bad landing spot for an athlete like that. I think Joe Critchlow has proven that he can be a player in college football at the FBS or FCS. FCS level. Is he going to be a star? No no guarantee of that, but he has a 2-1 record as a starting quarterback, and let me remind you, he was a true freshman when he was doing that for BYU. He, he didn't even get back off his mission until the summer before that season. Of course, the 2017 debacle, one of the worst seasons in BYU history, but Joe Critchlow, will, Joe Critchlow will always be able to point back to the fact, I have a winning record as a starting quarterback at BYU. He lived his dream. He went to BYU. He grew up with BYU posters on his wall and wanted to be a BYU Cougar. So I don't know. And talking with these sources about Joe Critchlow, there's no there's no date when he's going to say, you know what, this is where I'm committing to, etc. And he's had interest from many programs beyond just Weber State, but there was one that was specified to me, is that there's interest between both parties on behalf of Weber State and Joe Critchlow, and it could be something that works out for them. I think that he could do a lot worse than playing for Weber State because, like I said, some of the programs at the FBS level are not on the same par 
as Weber State and what Jay Hill has built up there in Ogden. But it sounds like Joe Critchlow at least has options, and I wish him nothing but the best. I think Joe Critchlow has been an upstanding representative of BYU. He's given his heart and soul to the BYU football program. And who can blame a young man for wanting to play the game he loves? He hasn't had an opportunity to play in two years now. He's going to graduate with his degree. He's held up his end of the bargain, as I've talked about on this podcast. Any student athlete who gets their degree at this university they originally signed with has done their part. And if they're not getting that opportunity to be the star player or to play regularly like they hoped, I have no problem with them transferring and trying to find a new place where they can live out their football dreams. So best of luck to Joe Critchlow as he moves forward in his football career. And I'll tell you this much, I'll be rooting for that young man wherever he ends up. I'm excited to see where he ultimately lands and wish him nothing but the best moving forward. Now, one final note before we go on today's podcast. I talked to you last week about the fact that BYU men's rugby was opening up their spring season as they headed to Texas. They had two games. They played against Texas A&M as well as the University of Texas. And let's put it this way. BYU did what they normally do, and they crushed the opposition. BYU Friday at Texas A&M in College Station rolled to a 73-8 victory over the Aggies. And then the next day, not even 24 hours later, BYU absolutely crushed the Longhorns 95 nothing. Uh, Big congratulations to Stephen St. Pierre and his program. That's awesome to see them off and rolling. Uh, BYU is back in action coming up in just a couple of weeks. They'll be opening up at St. Mary's in Moraga, California. Of course, St. Mary's and BYU have had quite the rivalry over the past few seasons. There'll be a home and home with St. Mary's this season. St. Mary's will come back a month later on March 14th to Southfield to face off against BYU. But congratulations to the men's rugby team on those back-to-back victories in Texas. The Texas two-step, as some people like to call it, when you go down there and play two opponents, well, they rolled and they very much took care of business in that Texas two-step. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow talking more BYU football, basketball, and all the other BYU sports news that we need to catch up on each and every day. Thanks again for your continued support of the show. The show is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can follow it at LockedOnCougars. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. I'd love to hear from you guys, get your thoughts. Obviously, our mailbag segment at some point this week. If you want to send in your mailbag questions, please do so now on social media and also you can email them to us locked on byu at gmail.com love to get your guys's thoughts on the show all right that'll do it for this tuesday edition of locked on cougars have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a wednesday this has been locked on cougars for january 28 2020